On this episode, I'm super, super, super excited because of a Jets win and I get really, really, really deep. Chuck, and this is episode 138 of the Ask Gary V Show. I am in a very good mood, period. As my New York Jets, actually, you know what's really fun? This is really fun, Stefan. By the way, Stefan, let's show Stefan. Uh, <laughs> trying to get some ladies out of this? Uh, why not? Uh, Stefan is editing the show now. DRock, you don't get the, the street cred. DRock working on some of the bigger projects. Stefan getting in the zone. Helps us get the show out a little bit sooner, too. So I think you guys are benefiting from Stefan's uh, elevation into this spot. Uh, what I want to do on Mondays, regardless of how it worked out or not, is play the clip, maybe 15 seconds, 8 seconds. I'll try not to drag them out of my official prediction so we can see it. So obviously, uh, you just heard that happen in real time. So obviously, I made this prediction this Sunday. The Jets go out and beat the Cleveland Browns, who have not won an opener since I think 2004, 19 to seven. Not bad, 19 to seven, 31 10. Not super bad, 12 and three points. I mean, it's gonna get way worse than that. Uh, And I'm excited, I'm heading to Indianapolis. I'm going to a wedding this weekend in the Denver area and then I'll be flying back, connecting the whole night. Really tough travel to get into Indy late, late Sunday night. And uh, in time for the Jets Monday night game against the Colts is my third trip to Indianapolis for a football game. Both other games were playoff games. We won one, we lost one. We lost the one that would have got us into the Super Bowl. We won a first round game. That was a good one though. Just wanted to beat Peyton Manning in his last game as a Colt. Just saying, Colt fans. Um, and so great, great mood, really pumped that uh, Malden is okay. We had a player that looked like really seriously injured, completely put a cloud on my day. I'm, I'm pumped to see you're okay, Lorenzo. Uh, good luck, feel better. Antonio Cromartie, a friend and a great Jet, looks pretty hurt. News in a couple hours, but I, I'm fearing that he's out for the year. But otherwise, a tremendous day. This cute little picture with me and AJ uh, on Instagram. And uh, Stunwin listened to the game. He's clearly luck, he claims to me. Yeah, I mean, it's the first game I've ever listened to, and look what happened, so. And I'm excited, we'll see what happens. We continue, congrats to everybody who won. Sorry to everybody who lost, Giants. And, uh, and uh, let's... Uh, Jets football, let's get into the show. Stumlin? Yep, first question. Oh, video right off the bat. Let's do it. A lot of video today. Hey Gary, this is John Pine reaching out to you from Toronto, Ontario. My question for you here is with regard to my father-in-law's business. My father-in-law is from Minsk, Belarus, originally, so his English is very poor. He moved here about three years ago, but he's an amazing, fantastic contractor, and he wants to grow his business, and I want to help him. So given the scope of, let's say, about $1,000, because we're really small, what are some baby steps you could suggest to me as a marketer of his business to do so I can help him out and so we can start gaining some traction here? You keep answering our questions, Gary, and I promise we'll keep asking. Thanks for everything you do. John, great question. Obviously, you know how to hit my emotional center by going back to the old country. Um, 
And, uh, and uh, that's a great, great question. And a real practical one, $1,000 I think is really so much more realistic for a lot of people that listen, way more than the clients that we have here at Vayner spending hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars each month in different marketing activities. Um, couple different things, number one, I noticed you said a heavy accent, which made me believe that you were alluding to, don't give me the advice to put him on camera or put him out there. Um, now, if his personality is uh, like my mom's, who never shows up, I actually asked my mom for the first time at the Jets game yesterday, I said, mom, I think it might be time for you to be on the show uh, and make your first ever appearance. She said no, she really, it's just not her thing. Um, and so that crushed my heart, mom. Um, and you crush the entire Vayner Nation's heart, mom. They all want you to be on the show. Um, so now, if his accent is something you're worried about, but he's willing to do content and become Bob Vila, which you know I know you're in Canada, but I think Vila might be an international star, right? But if you don't know who it is, look it up. He became like the home. He became America's contractor in the '80s on PBS when people weren't doing the kind of content we see on cable these days, when chefs and real estate agents became famous, uh, and so. I would put, I would make videos of him, if he's that great of a contractor, and I believe you, I think you know you get different skills from different parts of the world, he'll bring a little of that Eastern European flair uh, or, or soundness or whatever that angle is to the, the Canadian building market. Uh, I think you put him on and start doing Bob Vila-like videos. Now with $1,000, I would spend that on the 10, 15, 20, 30 mile radius of your guys' area to get those videos out to people that are fans of things like Architectural Digest or things that are into building and, and uh, interior design, into the culture of home building, contract work, renovations, things of that nature. So now if he's not willing to go on camera because he's introverted uh, or shy, uh, worried about his accent, I know a lot of those uh, variables, um, you need to figure out how to make content that is compelling to people Maybe you translate his advice into written form and then you run ads on Facebook in a 20 mile radius. Uh, did you know you can fix cabinets by doing this? Replacing new floors and you gotta target people based on interests that may find that interesting. Content is the gateway drug for small businesses that don't have a lot of money, have to put out great content, spend little dollars. Just like I did with Wine Library TV but now there's more things. Instagram accounts, those kind of things. That's what I would do. Matt McLeod asks, Gary, you talk about in your early years, you didn't say anything and just built your brand. How do you know when to switch to the next level? Um, you know, I think, you know, listen, there's a lot of people who never switch. Who says you have to switch to become an outward personality or you want that? I wanted that. I love, you know, mom, you'll like this because I know you're watching now that I mentioned you and you're paying extra attention. Uh, you know, my mom loved me so much to such a high level I feel that I'm a good guy because I want the love and admiration from all of you because I still want that feeling. I like that feeling. It's crazy. I'm starting to really, really understand that that's what, I'm like, why am I, a, why do I even care to be a good guy? They're so easy not to. I mean, it's because I really like the feeling of being loved. I mean, just, it's super, and there's only one way to do that, which is to provide love first. And so, you know, I think that um, making that, sw I needed that. I needed to be out in the open, mass love or whatever I'm looking for, but not everybody needs that. Do you know how many people, for every Mark Cuban or Richard Branson, right, for every one of those kind of entrepreneurs that are out there, um, you know, there are so many that you've never heard of building hundred, there, do you know how many people right now have a hundred million dollar business, a five hundred million dollar business that you've literally never heard of? Countless. Go look at Forbes. Fortune 400, 400 richest people. You'd be flabbergasted how many of them you've never heard of. 
So you, you don't have to make the switch to become a personal brand or be out there. Um, you know, do you know how many people push the other way who never want to be, who spend money actually to not be known? They just want to keep getting the money. It depends what drives you. Uh, money is fine, but it's a byproduct of what drives me, which is building community, uh, creating a legacy, empowering people. Um, it's, it's equally selfish as it is, you know, noble. And so uh, I think first it starts with knowing yourself and recognizing you don't have to. Um, one could argue that if I didn't need that, I'd have a $500 million wine business right now. So this is not necessarily always about making more money, it's about checking the boxes that make you happy. Like going to a Jets game. That makes me very happy. Right. Next question. Ah, the Steve, you love this one. Hey there, boring three-dimensional Gary. I just want to know two things. First of all, what are you going to do with yourself now that I'm taking over the show? <laughs> you see that, D-Rock? I think I made a cry. But also, what are some of the biggest changes that have happened since I came out with my book, Jab, 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 Right Hook? Great question. Great work. Steve, why don't you tell the story real quick on how this amazing cartoon came to fruition? Oh, I, I tweeted something about an obscure video game from the 90s. Which one? A, a game called The Neverhood. There's a Kickstarter coming out called Armor Krog. And this random guy, this like random guy was just like, oh yeah, like I'm really excited for that to come out too. And we started going back and forth and I followed him and all of a sudden he made one of these like random custom things and made a video saying, thanks for following me. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I dare you to make one of Gary. And he did. And we ended up going back and forth and he ended up asking a question. That's amazing. I mean, he jabbed you. He jabbed me. I love it. I love it. Do you know what Chrono Trigger is? Of course. Cool, I just wanted to show you what I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, a lot of things have changed since Jab, 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 Right Hook. As a matter of fact, as I was writing it, the paid volume of importance on paid in Facebook was happening as Jab, 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 Right Hook was being written and organic, re- organic reach was dropping. I was like, oof. And Instagram was becoming more obvious to me as a main play, which is why I brought it to the front of the book. Um, you know, obviously Instagram now has paid right now. Pinterest, I think I understand better than I did when I wrote Jab, 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 Right Hook. I would have done more search engine process and understanding for Pinterest. Snapchat would have become an enormously important part of Jab, 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 Right Hook 2. Snapchat would be at at the forefront. Uh, I would do more B2B stuff. I think I understand that better and would do more LinkedIn content. Uh, YouTube wasn't even a part of it. Um, I probably would acknowledge it more and jam with it. So um, Facebook has become even more important and more powerful. I would argue that Twitter's become less powerful. so yeah, I mean that's the point, right? I try to write, it's funny, the new book that's coming out in March, Ask Gary V, the book, is probably gonna be the most evergreen book. Uh, no, Thank You Economy is an outrageously evergreen book, but uh, Jab to Jab Right Hook and Crush It to a Degree, and Thank You, I mean all the books I write tend to have that 24 to 48 month life cycle and then I feel like they need updating. And so I put out a lot of free content like I do here um, to, uh, to make sure I'm, I'm providing value. I, I take an enormous responsibility for somebody who spent $15 to buy my book to bring them value. I do that by subsidizing a product like this for free forever. Great. Uh, you see that look I gave at the end? By the way, Stefan should really have to be in the filming of every episode. I recognized 
after the other day, the Jet episode, like there's a disadvantage for him not because all the subtle things makes him have to pay attention way more. Whereas here now, he can either take notes or mental notes. It'll be a lot easier. Just new rule alert, Stefan. <laughs> Kyle asks if Lizzie had a. That was super meta. That was really meta. <laughs> Kyle Reed asks. If Lizzie had a successful business, what would you do to support and encourage her? Hmm. <laughs> so, self-awareness is important. I will say this, this is gonna be really interesting to see how everybody handles this answer. Uh, as long as Lizzie's business was smaller than mine, um, I would, uh, don't forget, I'm, I say the following, and I say it all the time. I wanna build the biggest building in town. I'm obsessed with it. I, do, I want to do that by building the biggest building in town. And I have no interest in tearing down anybody else's business. I would 100% struggle if Lizzie ran a business and it was financially more successful than mine. It would absolutely cripple me. Just the truth. And so the question becomes, I would help it with all my heart and soul, but God forbid I even felt any indication that it was about to pass whatever I was up to, I would pull out of there and then start undermining it in weird ways to make sure that wouldn't happen. <laughs> this is tough, right? I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, I'm, I, and listen, I married Lizzie because I knew what I was looking for in a partner, in a spouse. Like, but people change. I don't think Lizzie, I, maybe I didn't even realize how insanely workaholic it would become. I mean, I thought I was working a lot before, so things change. It's interesting though. I will say this, and this really is an interesting part of the whole thing. Even I'm fascinated by it. There's a part of me that's sad about what I'm about to say. I would be way better about it today than I would have been five years ago. I can feel it. And it scares me to think what I'd be willing to do maybe even 10 or 15 years from now. I feel like, it, I feel like it's like a competitive softening and I think it's true. At least with Lizzie. Not for any of these guys. Like I'd, I'd, I'd kill Stefan, like physically dead. You know, like, you know. So, so um, I, uh, that's the truth. I, I would do, as long as I felt that it was not gonna be as big as my businesses, I would give her anything in the world, uh, period. But there's a very dark competitive side to me when it comes to business. Um, and I have friends who have much more successful businesses and it's stunning to me how happy I am for them. Like, I wouldn't have thought that 20 years ago, uh, but it doesn't mean that I don't think about every day beating them and I want it badly. I don't know if I'd be able to handle that with a spouse, though. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, that's not what I was looking for in a partner, really. I was looking for somebody who really was the CEO of, of our family, who could, um, somebody that I didn't feel like I had, a, I could, I don't, I, I compete with everybody in the world. Do you know what kind of, what a kind of comfort zone my wife is for me? Like, I compete with everybody in the world. She's my teammate. I don't want to be forced by my own craziness to compete with her. So that's what would happen. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah, real talk. <laughs> the show got real. <laughs> like, I'm very self-aware enough to know that's not going to be the most politically correct answer. But um, I take a lot of pride in that this show has forced me to tell truths all the way through. And um, I really hope nobody in my family will ever watch that answer. No, I think everybody, I think everybody, I, you know, I think everybody, you know what? I don't know if I would have answered this question in episode 20. 
You know, I think I would have dodged it maybe. Uh, even being, I want to be, as tr- I'm going real raw now. I probably would have, I would have danced a little bit more. I just feel at this point, this collective audience, this could be your first episode, but this collective audience is starting to really understand who I am and that's just the truth. I wonder, ah, as I say it out loud, I probably would have answered it. Let, let the chips fall. The truth is just always the best spot. All right, last question. Did you think that's what was coming? I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> no. But it makes sense. I know tons of people, when couples are in the same industry together, that comes up. Sure. Yeah, like that's a thing. I, I just compete with everything and everybody. Like, like my my dad, my my siblings. Like, I can already feel it brewing with my children. <laughs> I just need Liz to be. I just need one partner. Is that is that why you went into business with AJ? Because the idea of him. You know, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question. You know what's funny? I actually think AJ can build bigger businesses than I can because I think of the way he's wired allows him to create a scale. I see AJ being much more capable to build a five hundred dollars software, five hundred million dollars software company. I see AJ having the kind of makeup, especially now. Actually, I think the best way for me to have not had AJ compete with me is to have never gone into business with him. Because then he would have never learned the things that I've been teaching him and rounding out that kind of the magic gray. I think he's now in a position to really give me a run. Hmm. All right. See? Hmm. Older brother, you love your, like trust me, if I was the younger brother, I would be like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting deep here on a Monday. Let's go. Last one. Chase. Yep. Hey, what's up Gary, it's Chase Jarvis. I got a question for you, my man, but one second first. Uh oh. Wow. Wow. So I'm a photographer and a director and I'm also the CEO of Creative Live which is the world's largest live streaming education company. My question is about creativity and what role does creativity play in business, in the future of business leadership and strategy? Please tell me man, I'm dying to know. Well Chase, let's talk about strategy. When you are a Seattle Seahawks fan in the last 36 months, and you decide to finally send the video that we've been waiting for for a year now, on maybe the only Sunday in the last 36 months, on the Monday, after a Sunday, where the Jets won and the Seahawks lost. I would argue, if somebody's nerdy about this, please tell me the other weekends, and there's probably, I mean the Seahawks lost like two, three games a year for last year, so maybe serendipitously, but there is probably the likelihood of 16, 48, uh, you know, of 48 sun- Mondays shows after Sundays, there was probably three, maybe two, that had the situation w- that, that we had yesterday where you put on a Seahawks jersey and dissed the Jets, right? Like, that makes me so happy that your timing is so off strategy that you so poorly planned the strategy of this video. It makes me happy with that move that you just pulled. Uh, creative strategy. I forgot the question. I blacked out with the Jets thing that he did. <laughs> what role does, give me the punchline. Hold on, I gotta replay Good. it now. And replay it, Stefan. My question is about creativity. and What role does creativity play in business, in the future of business leadership and strategy? Please tell me, man, I'm dying to know. I mean, Chase, first, first of all, an amazing guy. Every photographer watching this should watch. Every entrepreneur should catch up with Chase. He's an amazing guy. Um, creativity is the variable of success. All the strategies you create come to the punchline. This is a creative process. This show, this content. Content is, an, is a creative output. And everything you plan to that moment, you could have the greatest strategy ever to ask that girl out, right? Ever, like planned out everything, but that moment where you go in for the ask, that content is the variable 
possibly of a yes or no, right? There's other variables, but you know, creativity is the absolute variable. Like you might have understood the, who you're going after, what to do, when to release that video game, let's make it Steve-esque, but if the, if the graphics sucked or the gameplay sucked or if it sucked, like creativity is the variable of success in our society, including things that we don't have control of. Like if you were just born gorgeous, if you're just a massively good looking dude, right? Your, your strategy might have sucked on that ask out, but your creativity, the creative, <laughs> maybe the word sucked, but what you said might have just been enough. Like you're just a pretty boy, you're just pretty. I mean, you know how that is, Stefan. I mean, guy's got no game, but he wins, he's just pretty. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you're like, yeah, he's got a trend. I mean, look, that's, that's real. And, and you know what's funny, actually, using looks and the way you spit game to girls is actually a tremendous concept of strategy and creativity. Like, the way ugly dudes get chicks is strategy and, and the creativity of their words and charisma. It's just the way it is. I know. And so, that's that. Statement of the day. Give me some statements. This show was action-packed with a bunch of stuff. Happy New Year to all of you that are celebrating. And I wish you a tremendous week. Indianapolis, I'm coming to see you. You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. I had an ex-girlfriend that I dated in 2001 in 2002, texted me yesterday, she's like with her family, she's like, I just wanted to know something. You changed the course of my life. I'm a real hardcore Jets fan.